How's it going, everybody? Jim Rosati, uh, Northside Notch. I am uh, solo tonight. Um, Tyler and uh, and Donardo decided that I guess since I took the last couple of days off, you know, I'm I gotta I gotta do this one by myself. But uh, let's uh, let's get right to it. The Pirates lose five to four. Um, it was a pretty fun game to watch, but they lose in extra innings, come up short. Uh, back and forth game, especially towards the end of it. Uh, but they drop it five to four in 10 innings. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about JT Brubaker start. Um, but really, the ultimately, the loss kind of fell on the shoulders of the uh, the Pirates bullpen. They they came in, but Brubaker went seven scoreless innings. I said, we'll get to that. But bullpen came in. Dwayne Underwood Jr. gave up two runs in the uh, in the eighth inning. Pirates took the lead in the top of the tenth to go up four to two, going into the bottom half, and uh, and David Bednar just again doesn't really look like himself, and gives up three runs in the bottom half of the tenth inning for the Pirates to uh, to drop this one. So they were on a roll. They were win- they they'd won four in a row. It looked like they were going to win five in a row today, uh, but just turned out not to be. Bullpen just quite frankly, couldn't get it done. So um, I want to start off, though. Let's let's talk a little bit about the positive here. Um, JT Brubaker tonight was outstanding, possibly his best start of his entire career. Uh, he goes seven innings, gives up just three hits, walks two batters, strikes out nine, uh, and doesn't give up a run. Does all that with about 99, does 99 pitches, 66 of those thrown for strikes. He had career highs in swings and misses. He had 15 swings and misses today. That sinker just was on. Um, there were multiple times I remember, um, you know, batter swinging on an inside sinker that was running in on the hands and just completely jammed them up. Um, just what a game by by Brubaker. And so he exits the game. The Pirates have a one nothing lead going into the eighth. But um, – Again, probably the best we've seen of him. His last 10 games, let me see if I can get the stat. Um, Alex Stumpf from uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports tweeted out kind of where he was at over his last 10 starts. I mean, he's been, he's he really has been incredible. So last 10 starts, he's thrown 58 innings uh, and he's got a 3.10 earned run average. So just an outstanding stretch of pitching so far um, by by JT Brubaker. So uh, it's nice to see he lowers his season ERA to 4.02 on the year. Uh, you know, we, we've seen, we've seen flashes of JT Brubaker really ever since he got called up where, you know, he, he can put together good outings. Right. But then things always kind of 
come undone. He gives up a lot of home runs. That's really been his downfall and walks. Those have really been his issues over, over his career last year, you know, started off strong in that first half and then just kind of tapered off in the second half. I think he was just really just getting tired um, for the most part, but uh, today just, I mean, he, I thought he could have maybe even gone out for the eighth inning. He wasn't even at a hundred pitches. He was so efficient towards the end of that outing. I think he threw six pitches in the, uh, in the sixth inning. So just, just absolutely dominating this Marlins lineup in this, let's get this, you know, let's we'll, we'll get this out of the way. This Marlins lineup isn't all that great. Um, you know, they, without jazz Chisholm, not a lot in this lineup to really get too excited about. Uh, but I mean, Brubaker just absolutely, he was masterful. Um, yeah. Anthony, hurry up and, and trade Brubaker, uh, while his ERA looks like a real starting pitchers. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Listen, I, I'm I'm probably not anywhere near trading JT Brubaker. Uh, you know, with the you know, he's he's still pretty young. He looks good. This team obviously needs starting pitchers. Um, Brubaker looks like a guy who could potentially be part of your starting rotation in the in the years to come. So he looked excellent tonight. He outdueled um, Miami's starting pitcher. You know, he's you know having a pretty good year to himself, but. Uh, I hope DiNardo, you know, took the over on Pablo Lopez strikeouts tonight because Pablo Lopez uh, did not pitch as well as JT Brubaker. So Pablo Lopez is DiNardo's boy. I called him just a guy earlier in the year. <laughs> and uh, he just strikes out three batters today. He only goes five innings on the night too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Brubaker outshined Pablo Lopez easily. Uh, so excellent start from Brubaker. Like I said, he's he's on a stretch right now where he uh, he's just he's looking really good. Like I said, ten starts, three point. What do we say? Three point one ERA or something like that, and, and ten starts. Like you can't you can't ask for much more than that. Um. So he, like I said, excellent excellent outing. After that, Dwayne Underwood Jr. comes in. Right, Underwood Jr.'s looked pretty solid his last few outings. Um. Today started the inning great his eighth inning he got two outs but then he um he gives up a see there was a walk let me get the let me get the play-by-play here he goes in his inning strikeout line out hit by pitch walk hit by pitch so he gets those two outs pretty quickly then he loads up the bases uh and then he gives up a two-run single um to, to relinquish the lead and put the Marlins ahead. So at that point it was, you know, the Pirates had this one nothing lead. Um, thanks to really Ono Cruz got on base with work to work to walk. He stole second. And then Ben Gamble hit it in, hit him in with a uh with really the first hit of the game. So first hit of the game for Ben Gamble gave the Pirates the lead. And uh and so Garcia ended up with a two-run single off of Underwood Jr all with two outs in the eighth inning. So at that point, you're like, did we just waste Brubaker's start? Uh, that was that was kind of what I was thinking there. Um, but then the Pirates come out in the ninth and make things very interesting. Um, so, you know, Vogelbach starts off the ninth inning with a walk. Um, Key Brian Hayes also walked. 
So you got runners on first and second, nobody out, down by one in the ninth. Uh, and then they pinch it, Michael Chavis. Actually, I guess Chavis has entered, had entered the game earlier. But Chavis hitting against the lefty, uh, doubles to score Vogelbach, who barely scored from second base on the double. He was huffing and puffing, running around those bases. Tyler, if he were on right now, would probably be be making fun of, of the way Vogie was was trucking around the bases there. But, um, yeah, Michael Chavis gets the job done. He ties the game up in the ninth inning with a double, uh, scores Vogelbach, Hayes gets to third, and then you're like, all right, we're looking pretty right now. Runners on second and third, nobody out. But then O'Neill Cruz pops up, Ben Gamble strikes out, and Jack Swinski flies out. So those runners get stranded, and, I mean – we're being honest here that that kind of cost that that could have potentially cost the game there. Um, the Marlins go down in the bottom of the ninth. Yeri De Los Santos pitches another clean inning. Looks good. He hit his first batter of the inning, so he put somebody on base. But then uh, he he got he got out of it. Really nice play from uh, O'Neill Cruz in the ninth inning too, where he he slid to his left uh, and then threw a dart across the infield to get the second out of the inning. So. He, uh, he he helped make up for that pop-up in the top of the ninth, but, um, yeah, getting more in that top of the ninth inning would have been really nice. So nice inning from De Los Santos, 2-2 two to two going into extra innings, um, and then really things get kind of wild in the 10th inning for, for, for both teams. Uh, so you, you get the Mickey Mouse rules where you've got the runner starting on second base. Um, that runner was uh, Jack Sawinski. So Jack Sawinski starts off on second base. Jason DeLay tries to lay down bunts a couple of times, but just can't get it done. Um, two strikes. He ends up actually getting on base, though. He, he chops one on the left side. It's rolled an infield single. Uh, so you got now first and second. And then Jake Marisnik lays down the bunt to move the runners over, but it was a really good bunt. So Jake Marisnik lays down like a perfect bunt. Uh, and, you know, there's not even a play at first base. So Marisnik gets a bunt single. You've now got bases loaded. Nobody outs in that 10th inning um, with uh, with Kevin Newman, everybody's favorite guy, Kevin Newman up to bat. Um, Newman strikes out swinging. How, how predictable. Not not the best game from Kevin Newman tonight. Um, he didn't. I mean, he he came in for Van Meter late in the game, but uh, that that leadoff spot between Van Meter and Kevin Newman, zero for five. You know, not not necessarily what you want out of that. Um, but so Newman strikes out. So you got bases loaded, one out, uh, and then Daniel Vogelbach is up. He drives in the go-ahead run with a ground ball to second base. So it's kind of in the hole between the first baseman and the second baseman. Not able to turn two. Uh, so the out is made uh, and Vogelback drives in the run. Key Brian Hayes next up just ropes one to center field, scores Jason DeLay. And this is where, you know, I guess you could you could say, I guess we can have some debate on this. Um Jake Marisnik is sent home on the Cabrian Hayes single and Marisnik is thrown out at the plate. It wasn't necessarily very close either. It wasn't like a situation from the other night where uh, Kevin was a Kevin Newman was thrown out by like 
40 feet. Like <laughs> it wasn't that. Um, but Marisnik was out. It was a really hard hit ball by Hayes. It was a perfect throw um, by, let's see, who was, who was playing center field at that time for Miami? Um, Jesus Sanchez. So perfect throw from Jesus Sanchez. Nails Jake Marisnik at the plate to end the top of the ninth. Um, now, at this point, I'm like, you know what? I probably would have sent him. You know, we can get on Mike Ribello. You know, we he's, he hasn't made the greatest decisions, you know, forever. Um, but I was okay with the decision to send Marisnik just simply because it would have taken, like, a pretty good throw to make the play. Like, make them make the play. There were two outs. You've got a two-run lead. Let's try to expand it to three. I was fine with the send, even though it didn't work out. Ultimately, that that's another thing that potentially cost the Pirates the game there, though. Um, because we go to the bottom of the ninth next. Um, and you now have David Bednar entering the game, who, you know, he had that little back injury. But really, ever since coming back from the back injury, he's looked a little bit better. You know, he's looked more like regular David Bednar. He has blown up a couple of times, though, in the last month. Uh, but, you know, with a two-run lead, you're probably feeling pretty confident with David Bednar out there. Um, but he immediately gets himself into trouble. So, again, Mickey Mouse rolls. You got the runner on second. Bednar gives up a single. De La Cruz holds at third. He doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't go around. Billy Hamilton then bunts. And this is where things got wild again. Bunts down the third baseline. De La Cruz breaks for the plate. Key Brian Hayes has him just dead. So Hayes makes the play, makes the first out uh, at home. Uh, so you're, you're now looking at one out first and second, two run lead. So again, you're looking pretty good at this point. Um, but then again, like the, the Marlins just kept hitting off of, uh, off of Bednar. So John Birdie singles, Jesus Aguilar singles. And then you got an intentional walk um, to load the bases at that point. But, you know, you got a tie game now. You know, tie game, one out, bases loaded. Uh, there is an O'Neal Cruz makes a play on a, on when he was, he was he was playing in. You could argue maybe you should have tried turning two. But, again, if you don't turn two, the game's over. Like winning run scores. So, instead, Cruz goes home, gets the out at home, two outs, um, and then a wild pitch is how this game ends. So it ends on a David Bednar wild pitch um, that scores Aguilar from third. Just kind of not the ending to the game that you want. Um, yeah, it's uh, I don't. I'm not like to the point where I'm concerned, right? So, so Anthony says here, it's not the outcome; it's the lack of swings and misses. You know, with Bednar. I'm not to the point yet where I'm like concerned with Bednar, but I will say this. Like I am looking forward to the all-star break. Like David Bednar is somebody who really can probably take advantage of those days off. I'm kind of disappointed that he's the pirates representative because, you know, he may be asked to throw an inning in that game when really he could probably use, rest days um to kind of just reset uh but 
situation the Pirates are in, they really don't have too many people who are um, worthy of being named to the All-Star game. So David Bednar it is, right? Uh, But I I really would like to see Bednar kind of take that break off. Um, So we'll see. It's always fun to see your guy get in the All-Star game and and actually pitch and and contribute to to the team. But in the Pirates' case, like I (sighs) – Bednar needs a break. Like, I, I think Bednar needs a break. I probably would have put him on the IL, you know, when, when this back thing came up originally. Like, just give him give him some time off. Give him two weeks off. Uh, they decided against that. But here we are. Um, like I said, should have been the fifth one in a row. Uh, but they just they, – they can't, they can't take it in. But uh, Connor Williams wins. This team disgusts me. <laughs> I mean, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating for sure because you had multiple chances in today's game where, like, you you really thought that they had this in the bag. Um, you know, in the eighth inning, you weren't you wouldn't have never expected to lose that lead in the eighth inning. Underwood Jr. got you know two quick outs, and then all of a sudden he's hitting people, he's walking people, and next thing you know, you're down by two runs, right? Um, so that was kind of the first instance where it was, man, like, come on guys. Uh, and then in the ninth, you're thinking, all right, we're in a good, we're in a good spot. Bases loaded, tie game, uh, nobody out. And they can't push across a second run in that top of the ninth. Uh, and then in the 10th, you get two runs and you're thinking, all right, we're looking good. We're up by two. We got Benar coming in and then they blow it again. So that, those last three innings, kind of like a roller coaster of emotions um, between that bottom of the eighth, that top of the ninth, top of the tenth, bottom of the tenth. It just wasn't uh, – it wasn't meant to be today. Uh, and it's just a shame because they wasted just an unbelievable start by Brubaker. So I, I kind of keep having to go back to that. Like he just looks so good today. Um, really, like I said, best I think I've ever seen him look. Like seven scoreless innings and just absolutely dominating. Like it's not like he was skating around anything. Like he he dominated throughout those seven innings. Um, that comment is to uh, is about Yoshi and and I mentioned it during the game too. Like I said the you know the reason why we ended up being in this situation late in the game because the offense didn't really do anything until the ninth inning. Going into the ninth inning, the offense had two hits, uh, one of which was the Ben Gamble RBI, uh, and the other one was I think Jake Marisnik had had a single. Um, so that was that was it. That was all there was going into the ninth, and I mean they were getting on base with some walks, but they really couldn't get anything going. You mentioned Yoshi 0 for three with a strikeout. He really was just awful today at the plate. I don't know how you can justify one playing him and two batting him lead off, uh, batting him cleanup. Like what is Yoshi has a, he has a two fifty four slugging percentage and you're just slotting him into the, the, the most, the most important part of your lineup when it comes to having power, you've got this guy who is essentially now he's turned himself into a slap hitter. Like the guy has no power. He tries to hit everything. He just slaps it the other way. That's all he is right now. Uh, and he's not even good at it because he can't He can't get hits that way. So 
can't hit home runs, can't hit for power, can't get singles. Like, I, I don't know how much longer you can justify Yoshi being on this team. Um, you know, you've got, you've got, Ch- you got like that right hand side of the platoon on lockdown. Like, Chavis again showing today how valuable he can be against left handed pitcher. The guy rakes against left handed pitchers. You can't hit righties though. So, you got to figure something out for when you face a right handed pitcher in that first base spot. Like, someone has to step up and, you know, Yoshi. It's just not that guy. I, I think we've, and I, I mean, I've seen enough. Like I saw enough before the injury, and now that he's back, I still I've seen enough. Um, he's just the approach hasn't changed. He he doesn't pull the ball at all. He can't hit the ball with any sort of authority. And like this is your first baseman. This is a guy who's supposed to provide power in your lineup. And they're just getting absolutely nothing out of them. Uh, so, I mean, they face another lefty tomorrow. So that probably means no Yoshi in the lineup tomorrow. But, man, I, I, I just don't know how long they can keep him on the team. Like, and, and I get you need another lefty, and it would be nice if Mason Martin was that guy. Mason Martin can't be that guy because he's just been really bad in AAA the last month or so. Um but like, I'd like to see them maybe get a little bit creative with that position. You know, maybe maybe you throw Vogelbach at first base a couple times. Maybe you see what like Bly Madris can do at first base because Bly also, um, you know, got a few starts at first base in Indy. You know, he, maybe maybe Bly's the short term answer to that platoon. I've been saying, you know, maybe Cal Mitchell can play first base. Ben Gamble, you know, so you've got all it's, it's, I always think about like in Moneyball, they have that, uh, that conversation with Scott Hatterberg, right. And it's like, well, how, how easy is it to play first base? It's super easy. And it's like, no, it's really hard. It's not first base is easy. It's the easiest position on the diamond. You don't have to move. You just got to catch balls that are thrown in your general vicinity. Like if you can, if you can scoop short hops, and field ground balls, you know, relatively easy, you can play first base. Like it's, it's a, it's the easiest position to play. Um, so like they, they got to find another answer. They got to find a left-handed bat who can play first base competently because right now Yoshi just is not it. He's, he's costing this team games because he's just, you're, you're plugging him right into the middle of your lineup and he's doing nothing. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, this is, it's so easy. First base is so easy. Josh Bell can do it. That's, that's, that's a good way of putting it. So yeah, I I mean, I'm not going to harp on Yoshi. We've done it over and over and over again. I think pretty much everybody is sick and tired of, of watching Yoshi. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I, if he's still here after the all-star break, and if he's like, especially the tread, the trade deadline, like if he's still there, I don't know what they're doing. Like, obviously you, you're not going to trade him. Like you, you're going to have to DFA him, but there's just no reason to play him. I'd rather see Bly, Mitchell, Gamble, Vogie, anybody, like any left-handed bat who could potentially play the position. I'd rather see them. Um, 
let's see what else we want to talk about tonight. Um, we didn't talk a ton about Cruz. Uh, he, he didn't have the best day at the plate, but when we when we're talking about that one run the Pirates had, uh, it was I mean Cruz made that run happen. He 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 draws the walk, he steals second, uh, and then he scores with ease on, on, on a base hit. So, uh, you know, he, he kind of helped manufacture that run uh, that the Pirates did have going into the eighth inning, that one run lead defensively today. I think he looked really good. Uh, he made, he made a nice play to his left. I I'd probably agree with his decision to throw home on. Um, yeah. I don't know if people are, who's, who's blaming Cruz on Twitter. And no, that's stupid. Um, if it's the, if it's the 10th inning, like if he doesn't turn two on that on that ground ball in the tenth inning, then then the game's over. So he at least kept the game going with that play. Again, like the the slide definitely should, definitely was a great play. Um, he looked he looked good today overall. I think it's funny just you know that he he's been very competent at shortstop and he's made plays that that have been have been great. And that was kind of the whole excuse to keep him down all along, but. You know, right now it's just the bat just needs to come around. You just need to see more consistency out of him. Again, he, he he did draw a walk today, which is nice. We want to see more and more walks. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he's I I agree with with Jesse here. Jesse Cruz should be batting leadoff, hundred percent. Because here's what's happening: like if you bat Josh Josh Van Meter started leadoff today, right? Um. And then you pinch hit Kevin Newman for for Josh Man, Josh Van Meter. So Josh Van Meter and Kevin Newman get five plate appearances today. Guess who only had four? O'Neill Cruz. You know, if you're not like I, I want to see O'Neill Cruz at the plate as often as possible. And the way you accomplish that is that you make him lead off. Um, and then you're also like he's the first batter of the game. The pitcher's kind of not even really in a groove yet. Like Ronald Acuna Jr. bats leadoff for the Braves, and, and there's no reason why like your best hitter needs to bat fourth or fifth uh, or third. Like your best hitter can bat first, um, and I think that's a good spot for Cruz to be in. So, <laughs> and then just like where they're hitting him, every 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 lineup that they've had so far, he's he's got Yoshi hitting in front of him. He's got Vogelbach hitting in front of him. He's got these guys that just clog up the base paths. If they even if they get on base, they're clogging up the bases in front of Cruz. So, yeah, I think um, I, I'm fully in favor of leadoff Cruz, and yeah, I said I, I want to get him as much playing time as possible so we can see as much pitching as possible. Um, exactly. There you go. I think play appearances is the point. Cruz plays every day. They use that extra play appearance for guys who sit the bench part of the week. Exactly. Like Josh Van Meter and Kevin Newman shouldn't be hitting in front of O'Neill Cruz. Neither should Yoshi Susugo. Those guys, like, there's just no excuse. Those guys can't be getting more plate appearances than O'Neill Cruz. It's stupid. Um, gosh, that's all I'm going to really say, though, today. Uh, I said Pirates lose 5-4. to four. We're almost 30 minutes in. I've just been talking to myself for 30 minutes. So uh, let's see. Tomorrow, tomorrow, this was a four-game series with the Marlins. So uh, they they play tomorrow. 
see if they can take the series. It's a 12-10 game. Uh, let's see who we got. Zach Thompson on the mound for the Pirates. And Braxton Garrett on the mound for the Marlins. Again, another lefty pitcher for the Marlins, uh, Braxton Garrett. So we'll see uh, We'll see Chavis tomorrow. We'll see Marisnik tomorrow. We've seen Marisnik the whole series, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I would imagine Cruz gets another lefty, but yeah, a lot of lefties in this series that we've been seeing. Milwaukee pitched, I think, three, two lefties too. So hopefully we run into some more right-handed pitching come, uh, come this Colorado series, which quick look. Looks like two out of the three in Colorado are gonna be are gonna be right-handed, so that's good. But uh, again, day game tomorrow, twelve ten, Miami. Zach Thompson, Braxton Garrett. Uh, we will not have a post-game show. <laughs> Everyone's pissed, and Tyler isn't even here. Uh, we won't have a post-game show tomorrow because it is a day game, but we will have our NS Nine live tomorrow night. So just stay tuned for that. That'll well, it'll actually be all of us. We'll all be on there. So you'll be able to hear me. You'll be able to hear Tyler. You'll be able to hear Donardo. We'll we'll have fun. Um, we haven't been able to have one of those in a while because the Pirates have been playing Thursday night games, and so we've just been doing post game shows. So NS9 live tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, again, hopefully the Pirates can can finish off this Miami series, take three of four. Zach Thompson's been, you know, a little hit or miss here lately, but hopefully he can uh, can have a hit tomorrow marlins lineup hopefully not not great just like it was today uh, and see what we can do but uh the pirates fall to 38 and 51 on the year with today's loss um still third place in the nl central again they lose five to four in 10 innings david bednar um picks up the loss he goes to three and three on the year his fourth blown save of the season so uh, that'll do it for today. Again, Jim Rosati on the NS9 postgame show brought to you by Pittsburgh Baseball Now. Have a good one, everybody. Oh, oh, oh.